0: In 86, Martin wrote the first book of what
1: became Now it's time, the club, club. We should do a live stream so they can watch how much you just
0: fucking, like, tune out. I wouldn't do that to you or Baby Nation. I respect you too much, and I love Baby Nation too much. Alright. That's the kind of attitude I like to hear. I'm, I'm a straight shooter, man. I'm yeah. I'm here to. Record a podcast, okay, good a professional
1: <clears throat> let's get it going. hi, hi, and welcome to Warhammer forty yay, hell yeah, hell yeah, I'm a, ready. a podcast in which two cool dudes talk about strategy, L- lore, lore, and mythology in the world's most popular figurine based tabletop experience,
0: yeah. Warhammer. Warhammer 40k. 40k. Yeah, Tanner, tell me. Uh... Oh boy. Well, we've got some hot news coming out in the Warhammer universe this week. Uh-huh. Um, they're making a new uh, Space Wolves game, um, featuring the iconic Space Wolves Space Marine team. Uh huh. Um, you don't seem interested.
1: No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty interested. What's going on in the uh, immaterium? <laughs> Lately. You
0: tell me, right? It's pure chaos. So, it, like, literally anything at any given moment. What's that, the Titanic? Oh, no, now it's made out of meatballs, and it's <laughs> haunted by ghosts.
1: I don't understand this game. It actually does sound like it could have some similarities with the classic works of Anne Matthews Martin. It does. There's a ton of similarities, yeah. I just wanted to give you a little taste of the podcast you could be doing if you had your your wishes in this world.
0: I don't even think I'd be qualified. I don't really even play Warhammer. I'm just a fan of the <laughs> universe. I'm like a fan of the mythology. Although I do watch, I do really like to watch like four hour videos on YouTube of people playing Warhammer. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they've got a big table set up the size of the table here. They got little figurines and they like sit and meticulously move them. They, they keep a little tape measure on their belt. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that when they need to move, like, a figurine, they'll just pull out the tape measure and see, like, okay, oh, this guy cool. can move four inches in a turn. He'll pull it out and be like, I'm going to put him right here. Yeah. It's really good. And their girlfriends are like, oh, that's such a cool move that you made. I don't, you know what's weird? I don't think, huh. <laughs> I'm trying to think back. I'm not sure I've ever seen a girlfriend come into frame.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. They well, must, they're professionals. They must do it
0: at night. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's,
1: uh, let's talk about what we're actually here to talk about yeah. today. Uh, Re-
0: can you reintroduce our podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah, I certainly can. Wow, this is this has got to be the first time in history that you have asked me to get to the point. Hi, hi. Heyo. Okay. <laughs> and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring. Talk about the classic works of Princeton's own Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin, the first... No, you can't keep adding stuff.
0: You can't keep adding stuff. And we also know that she's not the only M. Martin.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, we also learned something today uh, in this book that there's a Jane Martin. Yeah. Did you learn that? Yeah. She's got a sister.
0: In the happy reading section.
1: In the happy reading section and in the dedication. Yeah. She says, this one's for Jane, my sister, I think.
0: Seems made up. Yeah. Jane is the most default name you can come up with. Yeah.
1: Well, I know that for a fact. Jane Martin... If you're listening, which I'm certain that you are, yeah, you, you are. will be pleased to hear that despite a lot of Google sleuthing on my part, I was not able to figure out uh, your
0: online presence. She's Here's what I know about Jane Martin. Okay. Where Anne, Aunt, Miss Anne M. Martin is a quiet, mousy, introverted, Marianne type. Mm-hmm. Jane Martin is a flashy, outgoing, Claudia Kishi type. You know that. Yeah, it's right in the... It's right in the, the happy in the reading note. section. Oh well, she said I was I was always a quiet nerd. Where Jane was like this cool, outspoken individual. Wow, did you Google that? Outspoken Jane Martin, Martin. Outspoken Jane Martin. Good dresser, cool. Uh, no Princeton. Princeton's Na- Princeton, own New Jersey. Uh, I should have tried Princeton. Jane Martin. Own. Cool dresser.
1: Oh, I've got an idea. Let's talk about this fucking book.
0: You like my new catchphrase at the beginning? What, you hey say yo. hey-o? No,
1: because yeah. it's, it's not
0: from anything. Yeah, it is. What? It's from this text we just read. Way to pay attention. Oh, it's what Emily... It's it's Emily Thomas Brewer's new catchphrase. When she answers the phone, she says, hey heyo." hey It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I like She's it. I'll it. Yeah, we'll see if that sticks. She like took the accelerated Kishi course on language studies this week and learned essentially the entire English language. Yeah. And has already kind of mastered
1: some of our idioms, like,
0: hey-o. Hey yo Yeah
1: Yeah, Well and she says a bunch of nonsense words as well And I did my due diligence And looked all of her nonsense words up In the Google Vietnamese translator Yeah It didn't bear a lot of fruit Like at one point she says saturation
0: No she doesn't Yeah Well she says
1: bah Oh okay (laughs) (laughs) And according to Google's Vietnamese translator It means saturation
0: Vietnamese seems very efficient Yeah (laughs)
1: If they can turn saturation into... Buh. Yeah, they get shit done over there. Oh, you know what we should do, though? For real, we should tell the Baby Nation what book we read this week. Yeah. It's a book by Prince and Zone, Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin the first, and it's called... First of her name. First of her name. First of her <laughs> kind. <laughs> Last Hope of a Dying Race.
0: If you're... Not gonna stop doing that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna match you,
1: yeah. And then it's gonna become untenable, <laughs> and you're gonna have to stop. I'm happy for it to just fill out the first, like,
0: <laughs> you, like it would be in
1: keeping with what she does. She already spends like you get about 120 pages in each of these novels, and probably 30 of those pages are just repeating what happens. It actually makes my job a lot easier
0: week. for this for the sake of this podcast. Yeah, I can just breeze through the first four chapters. Yeah.
1: No, we still haven't told him what book we read. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. This week we read a book called Claudia and the Great Search. Mm-hmm. It's a Claudia point of view. Yep, You didn't like it.
0: I just, it's, they're, they're so boring. I was just so bored. Nothing well, happened.
1: Great. Because this is, that's, that's the kind of enthusiasm that we're going to need to get us through the next 45 minutes or so. Oh, I just, I just didn't like it.
0: I just didn't like it. Good.
1: Uh, Claudia, I thought was kind of back to her, the, her best self in this book. I mean, and by best self, it's a fairly low bar. Paranoid, conspiracy theory-driven, yeah, anxious, like, weird Claudia.
0: Laboring under crazy assumptions.
1: Right. And, and just, like, spiraling out of control into a world of her own. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's better than previous books where she's just sort of, like, going through the fucking motions. Yeah. Um, Let's do the thing. Yep. Where I... Describe what happened in this book. Yeah, right here with you. Yeah?
0: Yeah, I'm ready to do it.
1: Okay. let's you go do, first. Let's do that thing with some enthusiasm on both sides of the table here.
0: Yep, you go first.
1: You go first, sir. sir. There we go. Okay, I don't know why I thought you needed to say <laughs> that, but it, but it worked. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give gonna the Baby Nation prep. Uh, a little bit. Oh, fucking hell. Fine. I, Baby Nation, I'm going to say this to you. I'm not going to say it to Tanner. He doesn't need to pay attention. You're the only people that I care about. In terms of what's going on in this novel.
0: I know what's going on, Jack. I literally just read it. I'm going to describe
1: to the Baby Nation what happened in this book. Okay. I'm going to give them a brief summary.
0: I wish you would.
1: I'm going to take a couple sentences to do it. When I'm finished, I'm going to put 60 seconds on that big bad clock. And you are going to fill in all of the details in no more and no less than 60 seconds. Are you ready for that, sir? Yes. Okay, I'm going to begin Thirteen-year-old Claudia Kishi has always wondered why she's so different from her sister, Janine. It's not just that Janine is a genius and Claudia can barely pass her medial spelling. It's not just that they have no interests in common and that they look nothing alike. Claudia has always just felt different, like she doesn't belong somehow. But when Claudia begins a search into her past to find answers, what she discovers is something she never could have imagined. What she discovers is that she doesn't have a past. What she discovers is that somehow she never existed in the first place. Claudia and the Great Search.
0: It is interesting that Claudia goes right to adoption when there are much more fantastic Explanations for how she came to be without any baby photos, right? Without being registered in the local newspaper yep. for births that week. She doesn't look like any of her family members. She's not smart like the rest of her family. Her, she goes right to adoption. I must be adopted. She could be an alien, yeah. Like Superman. She, she, could, she be... could be, maybe she could just like popped into existence
1: mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. I mean, she's doing a stellar job of trying to be her hero, Nancy Drew, yeah. and investigating. But if you look at the evidence, no baby pictures. No birth announcement. Her pediatrician that she remembers from a kid, like, mysteriously wasn't her pediatrician. Yeah. And, like, they're like, oh, we don't even know who your pediatrician was before. Right. As well as the fact that she is completely unlike everyone else in her family, both in looks and in attitude.
0: Here's a concern I'm having now. Mm Mm-hmm. What if, and I don't think this is too far-fetched, we know that Janine Kishi has been dabbling in artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and false life for some time now. Mm -hmm. What if Claudia is one of her early experiments? Oh, wow. What if Claudia is like a a Frankensteinian monster? Or some kind of just sentient AI who has managed to like build a body for itself? It's just Janine's computer. Yeah. There's a very realistic reading of this text. I, try, I
1: I had a section in my notes that was essentially – it was called Janine and AI, and it was speculative because every other book where Janine is mentioned, there's more evidence. Anna Martin leaks a little bit more evidence about whether Janine is building a sentient AI and how she's going about it. Yeah. There wasn't a ton in this except that Claudia says Janine couldn't come with us to the thing because she had to research something, quote-unquote, scientific and complicated.
0: Right. I mean that could be anything, including right. AI. Yeah.
1: But like anytime that Janine is mentioned, she says one or two words and then is described as like going back to the click clack on her computer.
0: Right. It's well, not. Well, she's, she's really struggling to keep this program running. Right. Because it, the second she stops, it runs amok.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it explains a ton of scenes in this book where. Claudia is like I looked in the family album I didn't find any baby pictures of myself and Janina's is like doesn't say anything just like runs back to her room yeah and like you hear the click clack on the computer she's like look again yeah it's like oh okay i guess i was just wrong here they all are janine's just looking at like an ms dos prompt and she types in like claudia.exe yeah and just opens up and is like starts like frantically typing in the first five years of claudia's life yeah yeah
0: yeah. it's good this must be very confusing for people who don't know what the plot of this book is
1: yeah well i mean we've filled in a lot of it
0: yeah i mean that's pretty much it I don't know what I'll say in addition to all of that. Well, we're about to find out because I'm going to put 60 seconds
1: on the stopwatch. And during that time, you're going to fill in the details of what happened in this novel. Are you ready to begin, sir?
0: Yes. Let's begin right now. Emily Thomas Brewer is having troubles. She's still language delayed, severely language delayed. She's introverted. She's having trouble learning. She's, she's learning delayed as well. She can't get into preschool. Uh, all of those things lead Claudia Kishi to believe that she is adopted. Not Emily Thomas Brewer. We know Emily Thomas Brewer is adopted. I mean Claudia Kishi. Wow, because really she, she, doesn't, up on the names, she, she doesn't anybody. fit in her family in a similar way. So she starts to investigate her background, looks up where like where she may be from, which family may have given birth to her. She convinces herself that she's adopted. Eventually, oh, also, she starts... Tutoring Emily and teaches her shapes and colors. Eventually, she just asks her parents, hey, am I adopted? Her parents said, no, you're just a second kid. We don't love you as much. And also, you're a huge disappointment. Your sister is literally the smartest person in history. Uh, and Emily time. does pretty good with the tutoring wow. and goes you're to just, preschool. You're just
1: trying to push through past your time right now. I mean, I call after- cops. <laughs> I'm going to call the fucking baby nation on you, man.
0: Bring it, baby Nation.
1: Hate it when you go past time.
0: They can suck an egg.
1: (laughs) Well, also, that was the most lackluster description. That was that was the description of a book of a
0: man who did not enjoy a book at all. Yeah. I did not love this book. Nothing really happened. I only took a few notes. I didn't really capture either of our hit segments, burn of the week or (laughs) tearful moment. (laughs) Great. But please, baby nation, do keep listening. Keep listening. (laughs) we're gonna
1: see how tanner worms his way out of
0: that i captured some stuff
1: we already know i
0: only have five notes and one of them is that one time emily says meme that's what you caught out of that dude yeah (sighs) can i she keeps waking up in the middle of the night and screaming meme meme (laughs) like she's super into memes like pepe the frog Uh uh-huh
1: cool that's very topical that's gonna that's gonna really like all the all the millennials who are still on the fence
0: I think a lot of that stuff is is pretty timeless. Yeah. Think of the memes that were big
1: five years ago. I'm not gonna. I literally business cat. I'm literally not gonna talk about memes with you right now. Yeah. I do. I do like the business cat. meme. Business
0: cat was big. (laughs) Um,
1: Listen, here's what you didn't catch. Like, so you caught. You took one note.
0: I took five notes. That was one of
1: them. You took five notes and one. The first one that you bring up is wrong. Here's what Emily Michelle says and why it's interest And, like, I'll let you extrapolate about why it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Why she says it's, meme.
1: It's not meme. Yeah. What she says, and apparently it's in her native Vietnamese, it's calling for mother. But what she says is
0: me, me. A lot of people have trouble with the word meme because it's M-E-M-E. Yeah. And people pronounce it me-me. They pronounce it mame. Uh-huh. They pronounce it me Uh-huh. Meme. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but it's actually just meme. Take take a take a meme. Se- take a sec
1: to engage with me and think about what I just said and tell me. Also, I th- no, I
0: I understood what you said. I think there's multiple readings. <laughs> you know,
1: does it not interest you in the context of the novels that we are reading that Emily Michelle cries out, Mimi, meme, Mimi, Mimi. <gasps>
0: Okay, wait, what's the timing? Uh,
1: The event happened roughly around the time that Emily Michelle... Slightly
0: before? Slightly before? Is it fair to say that Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer may be the reincarnated soul of Mimi Yamamoto? Uh,
1: Chrissy and the Mother's Day Surprise, the book in which Emily Michelle is introduced, is, I believe, book number 24. Claudia and the Sad Goodbye, the book in which the event happens and we lose Mimi, is book number 26. Two books later. Two
0: books later. So that doesn't make much sense then. Never mind. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Damn it. You're right. <laughs> well, but I do think that there is like a reverse polarity, right? Where it's like one in, one
0: out. I mean, you know, like, up maybe until now, Emily Michelle was also kind of this husk. Like, right. she was incapable of language, she was right. incapable of normal interaction with people. Yeah. She was she was an empty being. She was a vessel. Oh, I see. And this week, she was she filled was with filled. the spirit yeah. of Mimi Yamamoto.
1: Well, that would make sense of this line that I wrote down from early on in the book uh, that just felt really strange out of context. Every day, Watson or Mrs. Brewer would say to Emily that she wasn't just adopted. She was chosen.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So... It's
1: not unreasonable to think that Emily was chosen, like early Mimi, as we know, knew the day upon which she was going to die. Yes, and you know so what this is? someone this had is to Janine be chosen. Kishi.
0: Yeah, Janine Kishi has perfected her dark, twisted art. Wow, she she began this experiment with whatever Claudia. nine years ago with the Claudia AI that we all believe is real. Oh, I see. Yeah, nine years ago, and, and now just... she has found a way to put the the artificial intelligence of her grandmother she captured her grandmother's intelligence mm-hmm. and she's managed to put it into a living vessel a young girl named Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer
1: whose only words especially in
0: times of crisis are mimi mimi yep it's pretty good we'll have to see if she she becomes like a s- sage like right. wise old woman very quickly right and she's already kind of getting there mm-hmm. a little bit towards the end of this book she's saying words yeah so sort of she answers the fucking phone she answers the call yeah hey oh
1: hey oh okay well that's something to fucking keep an eye on
0: just another thread man just another thread we're just gonna keep pulling at him, man eventually this whole operation is gonna crumble down around you
1: are you talking to ann matthews martin right now no
0: i'm talking to Anne rice
1: <laughs> <laughs> jack The author of Interview with a Vampire? Yeah, that's what I'm talking to. I feel like that's a reference that most people aren't going (laughs) to (laughs) get. It's
0: the only, weirdly, the only (laughs) Anne I could think of on the fly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about
0: boys. Okay. (laughs) I don't have a ton to say about Boys, there are a lot of them in this book. This wing, one notable exception. There, there notable
1: absence. Oh, there's one notable absence: Logan Bruno.
0: Logan Bruno, nowhere to be seen. Snake in the grass. Shannon Kilborn even makes an appearance. She doesn't.
1: She makes this weird appearance where they're like, it's almost like. Princess Martin listened to last week's podcast and was like, oh, shit, I better start giving Shannon Kilburn jobs. And they're just like all these weird asides where they're like, oh, I looked in the diary and there are uh, apparently none of the seven babysitters are around. So Shannon Kilburn gets the job. And yet we still don't hear a fucking peep out of Shannon Kilburn herself. And
0: it's also like a new made-up baby that Anne just created, just Yeah, so like Shannon could have something to do. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: I would read, if there was an entire spinoff series that was just about Shannon Kilburn, I would read the fuck out of
0: that. Let's write it. What do you mean, read it? Yeah, let's write it, man. Okay. What are we doing with our lives? This yeah. is all we have. Wow. Baby Nation, if you want that, if you want Jack and Tanner to start pinning, Yeah. Monthly series about the life and exploits of Shannon Kilborn. Yeah. And we're going to call it A Time to Kilborn. Ooh, I like that.
1: Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. All right, Baby Nation, if if that's what you want, let us know. Hit we'll one
0: uh... on your touchtone phone now. Yeah. If that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. If you're like Caro and you want Tanner to find a new friend and start a podcast <laughs> with him or her, yeah. hit two now. <laughs> if you want Jack and Tanner to do uh, weekly... Warhammer 40k lore podcast <laughs> hit three. Hit three, three, three. now, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were going to talk about boys, yeah, boys. I don't have a ton to say about boys, except here are the boys that came up in this book. Okay, Bart mm-hmm. of Basher fame mm-hmm. walked Christy home at one point, held he her hand, fucking did, yeah, or hooked hooked his arm in hers, I guess. What's well, not really holding hands, yeah, it's a little more innocent. Trevor Sanborn. Trevor Sanborn comes up. We haven't heard from him in a minute. Yeah. But Stacy and Claudia Stacy and Claudia talk about Trevor Sanborn for
1: half an hour. What is- I noted that there's a moment where Claudia is trying to uh, she wants to tell Stacy that she's figured out that she thinks she's adopted, right? But she like can't muster up the courage to do it, and she's obviously upset. She goes over to Stacy's house, and then they talk about Trevor Sanborn for half an hour. Yeah, that is an insane amount of time to talk about a boy. Yeah, what like literally what is there to say? Trevor Sanborn, he still got, goes to our school. He's got blonde hair, like he's still like he's
0: a poet, right? Oh yeah, he's the poet. But like Claudia's got other boys now. Apparently there's got, this there's this kid who she met at camp that we yeah missed because we haven't done the super oh, special. Oh, and in.
1: thanks thanks to Baby Nation for being on the fucking case there
0: about Will. Baby, another Nation. boy is George Ho, who he may be her birth father. Okay, she finds him of of the Ho clan in kuchara wyoming more more man than a boy she gives him a call and guess what what the numbers here oh yeah in the text should we call it right now yeah call that number okay i'm gonna put it on speakerphone okay okay you ready Mm -hmm. what time is it kuchara 6 45 totally fine
1: yeah and tell him you're doing a research project oh yeah uh, on on like your ancestry that's what claudia told him
0: at&t directory assistance your AT&T account will only be charged when a listing is provided. Say a city and state, like San Francisco, California. You can also say search by phone number. Cochara, Wyoming. Sorry, please only say a city and state, like Atlanta, Georgia, where I can search for your listing. Kuchara, Wyoming. Sorry, I'm not finding the Charles Wyoming in White Oak, Pennsylvania. What? Say George Ho. Looking for your best friend's closet in White Oak, Pennsylvania. Right? No, I don't think so. Uh, George Ho. George Ho in Wyoming. Thank you for calling directory assistance. Goodbye. No. <laughs> they just hung up on me.
1: They're fucking onto us. I so that's up- what
0: happens when you call George Ho's number.
1: Um, I'm looking up cities in Wyoming, man. There's no cuchara.
0: Cuchara just means spoon in Spanish.
1: That's cool. All right. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for that fucking wild goose chase.
0: Man, this is frustrating trying to get to the bottom of your lineage. Yeah, it's, not, it's who not, am I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's like, that's about how that's exactly how far Janine's fucking AI project got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, another unsolved mystery on the Babysitters Club club. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of who the fuck George Ho in Cochara, Wyoming, is, and where Cochara, Wyoming, is. Um I think we basically I didn't have too much to say about Christy and Bart. We're still talking about boys, right? Uh Christy and Bart Taylor go out together sometimes.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Con-
1: fucking confirmed. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet, but I have high hopes for this. Yeah, that, that's not your words. That's Claudia's words. That's Cla Oh yeah, sorry, that's yes. Claudia. Yeah, that's not me. Boys. 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 Am I right? I want to talk. Very briefly about the roses, all the rose stuff, the symbolism that happens with roses in this book. Uh It comes up twice in very significant ways. Okay. The first is that Gabby, Mariah, and their friends, as well as Dawn, Claudia, and Emily, Michelle, play Ring Ring Around the Rose. Rose. Folklorists nowadays uh, contest the popular notion that it is about the plague Mm -hmm. there is some consensus among folklorists that it goes back further than that that it is to do with ancient pagan rituals that began with the Norse gods I can go into that if you would like but I was kind of kind of
0: helping I see you've read the same Wikipedia article that I just (laughs) found
1: I actually read Brewer's Dictionary of phrase and fable oh really
0: so that's weird that's weird and
1: creepy Gabby and Mariah, as we know, uh, in these books, often are at the center of the occult forces in Stony Brook, and they're playing a game that is essentially a reenactment of the Great Plague. Yep. The second time roses are mentioned, I'll just read you the copy here. As they worked, they talked. Know what, Gabbers? Said Mariah. My friends Dana and Fiona are going to day camp this summer. What's day camp? Asked Gabby. Mariah tried to explain. Gabby looked thoughtful. Finally, she said, and this is me editorializing right now, apropos of nothing, Uh be careful of roses. They have horns on them. They'll stick you.
0: Yeah, actually, you know what? Roses come up a third time in this book. Really? It's dawning on me now. They go into the backyard. Yeah. David Michael has a new friend, this kid named Tommy, Timmy? Yeah, there's some new... Timmy Sue, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right he wants to Timmy Sue to join Christy's Crushers and they go into the watson Brewer's backyard and Emily Michelle immediately finds her way to a rose patch and begins to smell the roses what the fuck and then picks up a pebble and tries to put it in her mouth well there Do you remember you go. that? No, I, mean, I I mean I remember that scene, I didn't remember the roses in it. Cuz that's that's just eerie then. Now that's eerie and why would <gasps> it comes up again? Oh my god. What? Jack, Fucking it's all hell. over the place. Chapter 4 and Claudia makes radish roses. Oh, shit. For a salad, a celebratory salad to celebrate the fact that Janine's a genius. Oh, my God. You're so fucking right. And then they get Janine a cake that has yellow frosting roses on it. And what? Says, congratulations. Chapter six. It says congratulations. Emily.
1: Gianine. Gianine. Yeah, they misspell.
0: Yeah. Later on. Emily Michelle goes into the backyard and sniffs at a rose before she almost kills herself by putting a pebble in her mouth. Then there's all the ring around the rosy stuff. Jim Ferguson. yeah, one of
1: one of the potentials to be Claudia's birth father
0: lives on Rosedale Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's all over this book. What the hell? What do you think's happening? What's the significance of roses? Oh, that's
1: crazy. Well, I, c- I can tell you a little bit about the significance of roses because I looked it up in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Uh huh. There, there are a few. There are a number of things. I, I don't have like I haven't connected all the dots here. I just know it's emblematic of a paragon or one without peer. So, like a chosen one,
0: or like the very first AI to <laughs> inhabit a physical body. <laughs>
1: For instance,
0: okay, uh, a rose
1: between two thorns is a, a virtuous person between two evil people. That I thought about that expression, um, which was mentioned in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, because that's what Gabby says. She's like, be careful of roses. They have horns on them. Yeah, thorns.
0: She says horns. I know, but she meant thorns. I don't know, She's man. What else corrected. has horns on it? <gasps> Demons. Yeah. You think Why would she Logan? say –
1: she specifically says horns. Then Mar- Mar- Mariah corrects her. She's like, thorns, not horns. And anyway, what do roses have to do with day camp? And then it's just like,
0: end of the chapter. Yeah. So you think Gabby was trying to warn Claudia?
1: Beware. With good comes great evil. Be careful of roses. They have horns on them. Like huh. there is going to be a paragon, one without peer. But like with that comes massive danger. Right like the danger attendant upon this sort of like great Well, so here's thing. the
0: thing. We know that the demons are mm-hmm. building their forces. We haven't heard from Logan in books. No. You know who we didn't hear He's a single energy. peep from in this book? Not a single line never comes up except for in the recap chapter. Every other babysitter is mentioned and has a scene except for one. One babysitter is not mentioned at all. Not one time. Mal? Mary Ann. Mary Ann shit. She never comes up at all. Never once in this book. She's never once mentioned. Yeah, you're right. Except for like oh, and Mary Ann's in the club too. Yeah. There's It doesn't
1: even say and like and she's the first to get a
0: boyfriend. They skipped that whole part. There's your two thorns. Like there's your two roses. Wow, Claudia's like trying to navigate this this bramble patch where the demons are coming at her from all sides. We've already lost we lost we never lost Logan. We never had Logan because he's been a demon since the start. But now we've probably lost Marianne. This is perfect. And this I think is- Gabby's trying to warn us. So
1: Claudia, we have established in previous books, in our hit segment, Now Long Neglected, The Infinite Sadness of Claudia. Yeah. It has been an empty shell of a human being. Yeah. She's just an empty vessel. Right. And she's and part of this is that she's described in terms of like increasing porcelain skin her complexion is like a doll yep. she's empty she has nothing to say yep. there's all this evidence in, in previous books and previous episodes that that is the case this book is a book where she's trying to find herself again Yeah, she's searching she's looking to find meaning to find identity she's trying to make the rose bloom again but every rose has is there a song?
0: yeah every <laughs> rose has its thorn <laughs> Uh, there's yeah. a chosen one, yeah, Emily Michelle is the thing that's gonna usher humanity into the next phase of evolution. She's literally hybrid to of man and machine, hybrid of artificial and real, oh, wow. but the demons can't handle that, and the demons are gonna come at her with everything they've got
1: every day, Watson or Mrs. Brewer would say
0: to Emily every day that's
1: weird, every fucking day that she was not just adopted, she was chosen. she was chosen, yeah, well.
0: Oh, golly. What's this have to do with memes? <laughs> I don't know, man. We talked about this a little bit. Claudia is convinced she's adopted. She goes to the Stony Brook Gazette microfiche archive at Stony Brook Library and looks through the birth announcements the week that she was born. No mention of a Claudia Kishi. So she does find three other Young girls who uh-huh. were born that same week as her, and suspects that she may be one of these girls, and she calls all of the parents of these people, including Jim Frigueson uh-huh. and on George Rosedale Ho. Drive, uh-huh. and George Ho in Spoon, Wyoming, <laughs> and she has this shtick she plays with them, where she's trying to convince them to give them information about her daughter, hoping not to be like, oh, we had to, we, like. We couldn't take care of her, and we moved to Stony Brook and had the baby and gave it to a very lovely family there called the Kishis. Like, that's what she's trying to figure out. And her story is so bad <laughs> to get information out of people. Her thing is... Here, oh, I'll yeah. just read. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Ferguson residents, he said. I assumed it was Mr. Freguesen. Um Hello, my name is Claudia. I live here in Stony Brook, and um, I'm really sorry to bother you, but in school we're supposed to be doing research papers, on uh names, and I was given the name Frigueson <laughs> because of its unusual spelling uh I decided to do something with a family tree um yes, said Mr. Friguson, like, <laughs> well, like he's on board, yeah, well, I was wondering if you have any kids, I mean, so I can include them in the tree. I just need to know the names of your kids and their birthdays. <laughs> do you have any kids, and then he just like he tells her. Like what? I don't. I don't know what I would do in her place. Yeah. <laughs> like.
1: Yeah i i actually I actually thought this through, and figured out. Okay.
0: Okay. 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 My name. Yeah. Okay. Is Goliath Hardbody. <laughs> okay. CEO of Hardbody Industries. Okay. Things are not going well right now oh, with fuck. the company. We're months away. Eating through our capital, and we're just out on the street. Your, your runway, we're resorting is over. to some dark tactics now. Okay, I need your help. There is a hot new company out there. We lost our, our best dude, Mark Markson. Uh-huh. He went to go work for this new company, Kids Incorporated. Okay, I need to know the name. <coughs> I need to know the name of Mark Markson's (laughs) second-in-command. And we need to poach them and bring them on board here to Goliath Industries. Okay? Okay. And I need you. You're a Hermes throb muscle.
1: (laughs) Is it Hermes? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay.
0: Okay. CAO, recent CAO of Uh Goliath Industries. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Great. And I'm calling Mark Markson. Hermes. Yeah.
0: Thanks for coming in today. Oh, As you know, we're in dire straits.
1: Yeah, I heard. I saw the the board projections. We uh, need
0: to freshen up the talent here. Yeah, it's by any means necessary. I need you to get the name, <laughs> okay? Mark Markson, second in command, and I need them on our payroll yesterday. Mark Markson over at Dynatech. <laughs> I can't even remember the stupid names. Cinertech? Cinertech. <laughs> Mark Markson over at
1: Cinertech? Yes. All right, here comes my wife. <laughs> my wife always shows up when we're in the middle of a role play. It's like the most embarrassing thing.
0: Okay, let's
1: get back into our role Alright, I'm trying to, I'm trying
0: to re reinhabit the role. Sir, yes. let me get this straight. Yes. You want me to call By any means necessary, we need to get the name of that lieutenant, we need to get them on our staff.
1: I'm gonna give him a call now. Okay. Goodbye, Goliath.
0: Goodbye. Now For I'll me. be Mark Markson. <laughs> You have to convince me now, Mark Markson. (laughs) You said you'd be able to do this better than Claudia Kishi could.
1: Okay. Uh, You just need to get a name. Okay. I've got it. Uh, Okay. Ring, (sighs) ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. I wonder if he's going to pick up. Ring, ring. Yeah, I don't answer
0: numbers I don't recognize. Uh,
1: Maybe I'll just call
0: back. Hello? Oh. (laughs) Uh, hello. Just kidding. This is my voicemail. <laughs> Leave a message <laughs> with the tone. Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I did you panic? If I've, a, I fucking panicked, and now I understand how Claudia was feeling. <laughs> it's pr- fucking terrifying when you're on the brink like that in your face with someone. B. What I would have done if I were Claudia
0: is I would have said, "Is your daughter there?" Yeah, she tried that too. Her first scheme was to call George Ho and say. Do you have a daughter? She won, like a TV VCR combo. <laughs> well, and he was like, "No, I don't have a daughter." And she that like, That's a shame. <laughs> is a segue into
1: my bird uh... <gasps>
0: of the week. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. Wow. You really brought it,
1: <laughs> Baby Nation. This is a this is a first in Babysitters Club Club history. In that, my wife Sarah has come home and is sitting in the other room. I'm looking at her right now. She's yeah. listening to everything we're saying. Yeah, she's got her headphones in. She's probably listening to the Babysitters Club Club at babysittersclubclub.com. dot com. I, she's probably subscribing on iTunes right now. Probably giving it. A, she's giving it a, a hot hot rating. Yeah, reading the podcast. A nice little review, which she uh, says something nice about Tanner, and then she says something
0: something nice about me. Mean about Jack. Well, that's the new policy. One in, one out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. That segue reminds to me your... of my. <gasps> I only captured one, and it was weak, and we already said I've it. I've got three, dog. I've only got one, and here it is. They misspelled Janine's name on the cake. nine. Gia nine. That's the burn? Yeah. That's my burn of the week. <laughs>
1: Here's mine. Claudia is on her, like, insane prank call tour of America. Oh, yeah. Trying to figure out who her birth parents are and she hits on this like terrible strategy of just like telling people they've won sweepstakes yeah so here's the exchange she goes congratulations your daughter Reza, has been chosen as the winner in uh excuse me said the woman but i don't have a daughter named Reza. my daughter is pamela is she 13 i asked briskly. yes hmm i pretended to be puzzled Do you know of a 13-year-old girl in Kuchara whose name is Reza? No. The woman sounded irritated. Too bad, I said. I mean, about your daughter. She would have been the winner of a 21-inch color television and a VCR. (laughs) (laughs) She knows she's not going to get any information out of this woman. So she just... So she just makes her... Twists
0: the dagger. (laughs) She
1: twists the dagger that's like... (laughs) Yeah. Makes her feel bad that she lost this fucking sweepstakes.
0: Um...
1: I got I got another one. I looked at Janine's friends. There weren't too many of them. <laughs> all, <laughs> <That's> right, <it. laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, very good. it. The boys were carrying slide rules and protractors in their shirt pockets. The girls were too. I realized, and not one of them looked like they'd seen the inside of a clothing store in years. The boys' pants were too short, and both the girls and boys were wearing stuff that didn't match, like checks and plaid's. How did they dress in the morning? By closing their eyes, reaching into their closets, and wearing whatever they happen to
0: pull out. That's essentially how I dress in the morning. That is literally how I dress <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> man, for a for a Janine defender, you've got a lot of hot burn action on Janine. Uh, You're the one
1: who doesn't like Janine. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I felt bad for her, man. Claudia just always makes it all about Claudia. Yeah. Like, she was just awarded a grant for being a genius. Yeah. And Claudia's just like,
1: and Claudia's like, my art is suffering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: We got some That's real true. humanity from Jeanine. She even reacts to Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer
1: oh, at yeah. one point. Emily oh, Michelle yeah. Thomas
0: Brewers in the Kishi household being tutored, and she walks by Janine's room and says, "Heyo, Anine! And Janine loses it and brings her a balloon. And says, oh yeah, like, she had. She
1: brings her a balloon that she had bought previously right. in anticipation of Emily Michelle showing up.
0: Right. It's Except beautiful. weirdly it was not a inflated balloon. It was not inflated. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a balloon.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you caught onto that exact same thing. I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." And like I had I had this picture of it was like so the the scene is like Emily Michelle walks by, Janine comes out of her room and hands her a balloon. Yeah. And I had this very lovely picture of Janine like handing her a beautiful red balloon on a string. Yeah. And then later like, Emily Michelle is in Claudia's room for her tutoring, and she's like, Claudia, blow up? Yeah. And Claudia's like, all right, I'll blow up the balloon. And it's like, wait, Janine just handed you, like, a fucking, like, <laughs> a deflated-, <laughs> deflated balloon. <laughs> yeah, Janine was like, this is what humans like, yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. There's another, there's an elephant in the room right now, my friend. I
0: only have one more note. You've torn through all five of my notes already. Well, I hope. Talk about Memes. Talked about hey-yo. <laughs> Talked about burns. Yeah. There, there's one thing we're missing. Is there anything this week that uh, made you feel like
1: you were about to have a... <gasps>
0: Terrible moment! Oh, Meow! <man. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> you can't... <laughs> I was adding things. Um, I have one. Do you have one?
1: Uh, yeah, I got. I got a few.
0: I only have one. Okay. At the end of the book, mm-hmm. the way the Kishis managed to convince Claudia that she is a Kishi, mm-hmm. born and born and bred, mm-hmm. is they pull up a picture of Mimi Yamamoto when she was a twelve-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and she looks exactly like Claudia Kishi. Yeah. Later, Mom found the pictures of Mimi. We compared pictures of Mimi at 12 to pictures of me at 12. We could have been twins. That night, I slept with one of the pictures of Mimi under my pillow. That's when I sh- yeah. shed actual physical yeah. tears. That that was also, I mean, I wrote
1: down a few, but that was my number one tearful moment as well. Uh, it begins to where, like, Claudia confronts her parents, and she's just like, I'm adopted, you fuckers lied to me. Um, And they're like, what are you you fucking talking about? And then that's when they pull out the picture of Mimi. Yeah. And Dad is like, I know what you've been thinking. It's hard not to notice that, but you're a pretty good cross between your mother and me. And believe it or not, you look very much the way Mimi did when she was young. I do. I almost began to cry again. Yes, said Mom, looking (sighs) teary herself. I'll show you some old pictures of Mimi later. And then she's a dead fucking ringer, which is also a little creepy. She's showing up in places that you never expected, in these people who are empty shells. In like Emily Michelle, who previously couldn't say anything, and now she's just saying Mimi. Maybe and she's now, a virus. In Claudia, who is like an empty shell of a human being, and now she just suddenly like history is rewritten in such a way that she looks exactly like she a is young
0: Mimi. she is Mimi. Mimi is like Agent Smith. She's a, I and like Matrix. It. She's constantly replicating. Eventually, oh, wow. there's going to be a fight scene between all of the Mimi clones.
1: <laughs> You're getting me super excited about that, but I guarantee you it's going to be like book number 120. So we're going to have to like slog through these before we get to that. Before
0: the, the scene where Mimi keeps self-replicating yeah. and just like coming at. Just like waves. all the seven
1: babysitters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Chosen One is here. Mimi prepared
1: the way. The Chosen One is Mimi come. is the way. There is a paragon of virtue, uh-huh. but it is a rose between two thorns. Yeah, it is surrounded by evil. Man, more, or, more Dark Tower stuff too, huh? Two horns. Oh shit! The the tower and the rose are one, baby nation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're on to you, Stephen King. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap things up, we're my friend. Wrap things up. Uh, this has been
1: another episode of the Babysitters Club Club. I have been Jack Shepard. I have
0: been Tanner Rink.
1: This week, we read Claudia and the Great Search. Yes. Next week, we are going to read a book that is called Marianne and Too Many Boys. Oh! If you thought there were too many boys in this book, yeah. which there fucking were, yep. get ready for next week when there are going to be literally too many boys.
0: And you know what we're going to do the week after that, Jack? Not to get people too whipped up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be spending some time with our favorite Babysitter's Club expert. Oh, yeah. Natalie Johannesson. Mm-hmm. And we're finally going to do another super special because... Because we got named and shamed yeah, for not, not knowing who, who Will was. Oh, man. She's a mm-hmm. young girl. She was out of school. Yeah. Leave her alone.
1: Look, we can, Baby Nation, we can't do a... She's on summer wait, vacation. Yeah. We can't do a super special without Natalie Johannesson, our super special, our super super special expert. Yeah. Um, and she's been real busy she's had she's 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 had a lot on her plate lately yeah uh, but she has agreed to come back on the show Um, I've been Jack Shepherd. you've been Tanner Green. I'm just trying to find my place yep uh, we read a book too many boys we're reading a book we're doing a
0: thing with Natalie like the show on iTunes rate uh, for the love rate, of review, God. subscribe please, please do please do follow a... us on Twitter BSCC Podcast mm-hmm. a fan a fan made this really great MS Paint art. Yeah, that was. You make this really good MS Paint art of The Babysitter's Club li- cl- The Babysitter's Club Club Library, Library right? Yeah. Featuring titles such as Football Man <laughs> by Jamie Cam Newton. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you're missing out on if you're not following and interacting with us on Twitter. Yeah. And rating and reviewing us on iTunes with
1: very nice ratings and reviews. I've said my name, you've said your name, we've done our thing. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been in bed. <laughs>
0: I have no like, interest i don't like weed d- i yeah. don't smoke it <laughs> but well i watched a video today where a guy smoked six feet of weed vaporized weed smoke he he had a vaporizer and he put a big six foot garbage bag on it and he filled it up with smoke with vapor and then he put a little nozzle on the end and he just kept going <sighs> and he smoked all six feet of it what is your fucking life man